Hello tea sippers, welcome to Trace Tea. Come sit and sip with us. Today I have Dr. Rebecca Husted um, with the um, Technical Large Animal Emergency Training and we are at the International Training Facility. Um, Rebecca, it's nice to have you. It's so nice to have you. Thank you for having me, Trey. So um, today we're gonna talk about what um, you do as far as training and then we're also gonna talk a little bit about um, we're coming into peak hurricane season for the southeast um so we're going to talk a little bit about um emergency preparedness as far as um your pets like your dogs and cats go as also as far as your large animals such as horses cows goats um, goats and pigs yes Since my goats so warm <laughs> to your heart sure yes. okay so large animal emergency rescue is not what a lot of people think it is it's not the neglected or skinny, um, starved to death kind of animals. It's actually technical rescue. It's heavy rescue like the fire department does. Uh, if you think about it, you're moving a 1,000 pound animal that may have steel shoes on its feet in the case of a horse, and they really don't understand what we're asking them to do. They don't understand the situation they're in. And I promise you, if they could have left, they already would have. Right. So <laughs> you're in the situation of trying to help get them out of that situation and preferably without anybody getting hurt. So we talk a lot about safety. We talk about how to use particular techniques where we make it simple. Um, get a hold of the animal, provide some kind of protection to the animal's head and eyes or probably some veterinary care if you can possibly get it on site. Um, I always tell people the first person you ought to call is really 911 to the emergency personnel folks. Fire department um, is going to be able to help you with cutting. They're going to be able to help you with scene safety, like lighting, those kind of things. Law enforcement may be able to help you deal with people who may be very frantic, especially if you're on the side of the road. You need law enforcement just to handle traffic and those kind of things. And then of course, you may end up having a person involved. We always think about people first. I know we love animals, but you have to think about people first. We may need paramedics or EMTs on scene to deal with a possibly injured person. For example, if someone was hit um, while they were riding their horse next to the road, that would be one of our worst case scenarios. Um, but how do we get a horse out of an overturned trailer? How do we get the cow that's trapped in the fence or trapped in a mud hole? How do we get them out without getting ourselves hurt? Right. And um, I will say that I took the training class last year here in Gray, Georgia. Rebecca holds one every year in November or December, um, all depending on where her schedule um, lies. And it's very hands-on, which in a training class, you won't, you just don't want to go sit in the classroom and be like, okay, well, here's what you do. Here's how you do it. No, you want to be hands-on. You want to know how to do it. And so that was the case here at her training facility. We had a, um, we had an actual horse mannequin that each group had to go and put the webbing under it and haul it out of a mud hole. And then one night we had, um, we had where we had a scenario where they took the mannequin, put it in the woods and, um, they had a person there and she a had crazy been, person yeah a crazy <laughs> person <laughs> and she had been riding her horse and the horse fell in the mud hole and so we had to work out that scenario like it was a real life thing 
and um, Rebecca has slowly been trying to get um, the fire departments around here as well as other places trained because um, you never know what's going to happen um, in your neck of the woods. Um, great example is Cobb County. Um, Cobb County had the, what was it, the cow yep. trailer overturn yep. last Yep, year. they've had the cattle trailer turn overturns. They had actually three in one year in 2018 in Atlanta area. And it wasn't all Cobb County, but they had three overturned cattle trailers in the middle of the interstate, shutting down the interstate for up to 12 hours. And that is just totally unacceptable. Uh, you can imagine what the people think that are stuck in traffic behind that and how much it shuts down the economy of, of Georgia. So we are working really hard to bring all those stakeholders into one room and say, hey, this can happen to you. You have an interstate that comes through your jurisdiction. You might want to be a little bit um, proactive about your, you know, your resources and how would you work through these kinds of things. And that's what we do in the class is provide a lot of resources, a lot of uh, theory, as well as hands-on for uh, manipulations and how to actually handle individual animals. And then we talk about disaster preparedness too. Right. Um, last year, we were um, lucky enough that we were able to deal with um, some llamas. Um, we were able to work with Rebecca's horses um, on like putting the masks on and that kind of stuff. And then I brought um, one of my goats. Very spoiled goat. Yeah, fancy <laughs> came out to Rebecca's training facility and we picked her up off the ground. Yeah, she she had no problem being picked up off the ground, um, and so we. Um, like, I, think, I think one of the things that you don't really realize until you come to a class is how often many of these first responders that we're calling for help don't have any expertise with horses or maybe they know something about cows but they don't know anything about goats or vice versa and that becomes a problem if you try to treat a horse like a goat or a goat like a horse uh, it doesn't work very well right Every species has its thing and um, that's one of the big things not um, like you said not every species has its thing because the goat could be totally fine with something but the horse over here is gonna just go buck wild and you know kick everything and that's um one of the things that we um that rebecca also teaches when we're dealing with the mannequin is that the zone that you're in in the vicinity of the horse could be life or death for life or death for you as well as the horse that's right we always emphasize ppe one of the simplest things that most horse owners cattle owners could do is get a decent helmet and put it on their head if they're ever dealing with an animal in this kind of situation. It does two things. It makes you look more professional, like you know what you're doing, uh, especially to the emergency responders. They're gonna have their PPE on. And then the second thing is to get some simple things like some webbing. It could be toe straps from a tow company. It could be the kind of things that you can even get at Lowe's, the looped end webbing that's made, two inch webbing that you can use to put around the animal's body. It's, it's not about pulling on the head, it's not about pulling on the tail. Those are dangerous things to do to the animal. You can hurt the animal, but uh, getting a hold of the body, around the body, is really the trick to all the manipulations. And making sure that they're safe. That's right. As well. Um, also, one of the things that Rebecca talked to us um, 
about, and this is, um, this might be a little out (laughs) there for some people, is field euthanasia. It's important. Um, Knowing if that animal is going to be able to get up and walk after you pull it out of that trailer. If it's got, you know, a broke leg, then... Don't put it through dragging it out of the trailer. It's not fair to it, and you're taking a chance on getting somebody injured. We do teach field euthanasia it, it, to both owners as well as law, law enforcement personnel, animal control officers, and veterinarians. Believe it or not, there's some veterinarians that were never taught that in vet school. And uh, we think it's really important because you don't have time on the side of the scene out there to wait three hours for somebody to show up and try to put some euthanasia solution in a cow. Um, it, they're not going to be able to get that close. Cows are uh, notoriously difficult to handle, especially when they're injured, mm-hmm. and field euthanasia is really the best way to do it. Right. Sadly, every single species has a different way that it has to be done correctly, and the AVMA, which is the American Veterinary Medical Association, has put out good guidelines for humane field euthanasia um, through their uh, euthanasia committee. Right. Um, and... Of course, if you are able to get a vet out there, that's always great because the vet, you know... They're the ones that has the medical expertise. And they can can euthanize it to where it's not... Where it doesn't make you look like a giant jerk. But in the case that you do have to use field euthanasia, please make sure that you know what you're doing and when you decide that you have to put that animal down. Um, So we'll go on to talk about emergency preparedness for pets, horses, cows, or anything like that. Okay, well, that really comes down to the simplest thing is have a plan and have a good plan and have thought through your plan. For example, if your plan is to do evacuation, let's just say you're going to take all your horses and there's a hurricane coming, just like we had a couple years ago, and you see what happened in poor old Mexico Beach. Um, and you have to load up all your horses, I tell people, how many trailer spaces do you have? If you've got four horses and a four-horse trailer, you're good. If you've got four horses and only a two-horse trailer, you got a problem, because that's two trips. And the problem is, once you get out of the area, are you gonna be able to get back? And a lot of people don't understand that. That works for wildfires, it works for almost all disasters. Once you evacuate, you gotta stay gone. And if there's something you left back, your dog, the cat you couldn't catch, uh, or other horses, that may become a huge problem. So think through the whole plan of evacuating. And what I tell people is, if it's bad enough for you to leave, you need to get your mama, you need to get your kids, you need to get your dogs, whatever else you got, and get your animals, and you need to get out, and you need to get out early. Because you're gonna have to find a place Hopefully you've coordinated, we call it a pre-coordination plan, with someone out of the area. Um, the interesting thing is with our hurricanes, sometimes you plan to go to Tennessee and then you find out it's going towards Tennessee too. Yeah. <laughs> so then you got to change your plans at the last minute, right. which can be challenging. But in general, it's an evacuation plan. If you have what's called a stay-in-place plan, in other words, the wildfire or the hurricane isn't expected to affect you so severely, or let's just say you've got 60 cattle, you're not going to be able to leave with 60 cattle. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're going to say, I'm going to stay in place. How are you going to get water to 60 cattle? 
Um, if you don't already have a lake or a pond that they can drink from, how are you gonna get feed to them? How are you gonna get hay to them? And remember, in some of these disasters, Mexico Beach is still recovering. It's almost been a year. And uh, I was down coming up through that way about three weeks ago, and the roads are still closed um, unless you are a resident. So it takes a long time, and it could be potentially weeks that you're having to deal with your animals. So think those kinds of things through very, very thoroughly. There's plenty of checklists on the internet. I encourage people to look at numerous checklists if you're gonna use the internet for your source of data because um, some of them are just copies of other people's ideas and they really haven't thought through the process very well. Right, and that's one of the things um, Rebecca also teaches in her course is having um, that um, plan in place. I think as we were doing the course last year, it was in the wake of the um, wildfires out in California. Oh, they were awful. Um, and just seeing some of the pictures from out there was just um, horrific. And these people didn't have a plan or they would let their horses out and That's letting your plan. right, <laughs> letting your horses out only endangers other people because if your horse is running through a wildfire and runs out into the road and nobody can't see two feet in front of their face, well, now they're hitting a horse and it's probably causing a pile up and everything like that. It's awful for them. It's awful for the horse. It's awful for everything. Even things as simple as when you go out of town, what is your disaster plan if someone else is taking care of your animals? It could be dogs and cats. You go out of town and the caregiver has a problem. You know, the dog gets into chocolate or the cat gets into some plant in your house that, that for whatever reason, and they need care. Do the, does the caregiver have uh, a way to get it to the vet? Are they gonna end up paying for it or do they have your credit card number? Um, do you have a power of attorney for care or possibly even euthanasia of that animal? How do you handle that when you're on vacation or you're out of the country or you're at the other end of the country? Um, that's a difficult thing. It's not as hard these days with cell phones. It's easier to get a hold of people than it used to be in the past. But still, it can be very difficult if something really goes wrong. Right. I know for um, us at least, we have usually family takes care of our stuff because those are some of the best people to watch your animals especially with the magnitude of animals that we have um so if usually if we have everything anything go wrong they have the um vet that we use they you know they know which vet we use so they can take them up there the vet already has all of our stuff on file that's that the they thing. need and that's called having a veterinary relationship for your pet so um, a client relationship veterinary relationship is very important and a lot of people unfortunately don't have that it's a real easy check to see if you actually have a relationship with your veterinarian i tell people did they give you that your their mobile phone number because if you don't have their mobile phone number it's because they really don't know you and they really don't trust you right. they don't want somebody calling them at 2 a.m with some ridiculous you know my goat has a sore hoof they want you to let them know if you have a serious information, but you don't need to be waking right. them up at 2 a.m. They want to know you and trust you enough to give you their their, their cell phone number. You've got a good relationship. With right, them. and I'll tell you for um, anybody out there that does goats or cows or horses, please read some books up on it before you just start buying everything because I can tell you, 
a, a vet is not going to want to be woken up at 2.30 in the morning over a sore hoof that could just as be easily fixed by you. That's right. Because if you read up on your stuff, then you can go to Tractor Supply or wherever you're at. You can go to a farm supply store and buy the stuff that'll fix it. Speaking of going to those kinds of places, everybody needs to have a, an animal-specific emergency kit. And obviously for horses, everything that you got to have, even if you're going to wrap a hoof, is a lot bigger than what you need for goats. Right. Um, and what you need for large animals and livestock is a lot different from what you need for dogs and cats. But I encourage people to have that go kit for their animals, not only because you're looking out the door and you notice your horse is limping, but also when you have to make that evacuation. That way you have the stuff you need in case something goes wrong when you load the horse on the trailer and you pull him off at the other end and he's injured himself somehow, has a little laceration, something that um, maybe you can't get to a veterinary carrier that quickly in a disaster situation. Right. So you're gonna have to take care of yourself. And um, that is a big part of disasters in itself is making sure that if wherever you're going, that you are going to be able to find somebody that can help you. That's right. Um, I know for us, back when Irma came through, that was the one that was real bad up here. Um, we opened our farm to anybody with goats because we would have hay for them, food for them. We'd have medical supplies that we know that they would need if those goats were to injure themselves. And a really good shelter. You've right. You've got really good tight fences and good shelter. Yes. Um, and so we actually had um, one lady from Savannah brought some of her goats um, up here when they were evacuating um, up to LaGrange. Um, and even then, one of our fences was knocked down, but we have rotational fields so we were just as easy able to move them into another field rather than just have them in the one field. And that is very important with any kind of room nets or anything like that is rotational grazing. Fencing is one of the first things that gets destroyed in a lot of these disasters. And then you can't find fencing because you go down to Lowe's or wherever to get your fencing and everybody else is trying to get the same thing. Now in a couple of days, of course, they're gonna have everything you need, generators and everything else. But those first few days after a disaster, that it gets sucked up. It looks like uh, bread and milk at, when yeah. you say that there's going to be a thunderstorm. <laughs> yeah, no, all the bread and milk are gone. That's right. And it's the same thing with any um, hardware store, um, home improvement, tractor supply, wherever. These people, and most of the time, they're going to stock up on it if they know it's coming mm -hmm. and not wait until after the storm comes and they're sitting there with the crap in their hands wondering what to do with it. That's exactly right. So if we could just get people to realize that it's your animals, it's your responsibility, and you need to come up with a plan. Uh, there's lots of resources out there, and I'm sure, are you gonna put this on the web? Yes. We could probably give them a list of resources that they could go to. Yes. Um, I've got all that stuff for you. Okay. Well, thank you, Rebecca, for of agreeing course. to do it. Thank I, you um, very much. I look forward to your training this year. It's going to be 5, um, 6, and 7 December uh, here in Gray, Georgia, and it's Technical Large Animal Emergency Rescue. Yes. Um, if you want, I will um, 
if you want to know more information, I'll be posting um, a link to the website for the large animal training. Um, But until next time, keep sipping and we will see y'all next week.